Welcome to Pardes Daily, where you get your daily dose of Torah with Pardes faculty. For the next two weeks, Pardes is bringing Purim to you. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode or installment of our journey through different well-known Jewish thinkers, mostly modern Jewish thinkers, and the different ideas and inspiration they drew from the holiday of Purim. I think one of the exciting things about this series is how we've explored different thinkers, and there's really no repetition that every thinker has sort of found something uh, special and unique uh, that they want to emphasize about Purim, and if nothing else, that should give us all inspiration to do some of that same work ourselves. Today, we're going to be looking at a, uh, a piece from Rav Sadok HaKohen of Lublin, Rav Sadok HaKohen Rabinowitz, born in 1823. He died in 1900. It's a fascinating story because he was born to a prominent Lithuanian Torah family, a Litvak, who got turned on to Hasidut and switched teams and ultimately became a Hasidic Rebbe which in itself is a fascinating journey. He wrote on Halakha, Kabbalah, Parshanut, uh, a fascinating individual and thinker and writer and very influential. And uh, today we're going to look at a passage of his that I think is just really interesting and, and enjoyable. So and this is from a collection called Resise Lila, where he says as follows. It is known that the primary desire of a person when it comes to acquiring wisdom and understanding is to discover that which is hidden. And this is true even among the non-Jewish philosophers, to understand what's hidden. And this is no less true for Jews who want to understand Torah, as David HaMelech has taught us, and he quotes from Psalms, that the greater the uncovering of that which is hidden, the greater our desire in Torah. And this is, in fact, the discovery of what is hidden, that is the essence of Torah Shabal Peh, the oral law. Because as the beginning of Torah Shabal Peh that becomes revealed by the Anshe Knesset HaGadola, the men of the Great Assembly, happens after the end of the period of Nevi'im, of prophets. Because the understanding of prophecy is a type of written Torah, where God is revealing that which is already revealed. The Torah they get is a Torah that is revealed Torah. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and it's connected to the Torah that we received on Mount Sinai, which again came from God as revealed Torah that God revealed to the Jewish people. And Nevi'im and prophecy as it continued from that time was a level of revelation that uh, gave us revealed Torah. And then he goes on to say here how uh, this this process of receiving Torah uh, continued even with the prophets uh, that were in the diaspora, uh, even up until the end of the period of uh, the first temple, the beginning of the second temple period. At the same time, however, after the destruction of the first temple, there is a closing down, a, a, a slow shutting down of the prophetic period. And he says this closing down, in fact, brought about the beginning of the rise of the oral law. And this begins, he says, precisely through Purim, that the generation that was first to receive this full power of the oral law is the generation, the time of Ahasuerus, out of their love of the miracle, 
that they received the Torah in a new way. And he's building here upon the Midrash that talks about how the Jewish people received kimu v'kibu. They received the Torah happily and willfully, as opposed to the reception of the Torah uh, at Mount Sinai, where God uh, placed a mountain over our heads. And he goes on here to explain this is the difference between Torah being received from inspiration from above, which is the Sinaitic revelation, and inspiration from below, where we are the ones who generate this new relationship of Torah, this new receiving of the Torah. And even though he says that in truth, that in the first temple period, you did have nevoah, you had prophecy, but then he quotes the Talmud in Babakta, which says, Chacham adif minavi, the sage is greater than the prophets. And he goes on to explain the sage can actually understand more, even though it is not a revealed and clear revelation like the prophet receives, who is seen as a seer, quite literally one who sees, who sees things through a clear glass. But And then this what he sees uh, turns to light for the Jewish people. And this is the Torah. On the other hand, there is another way of receiving Torah, and that is the Torah that we receive through the oral law, where we use our own wisdom and our own insight to access the secrets of the Torah. And he says, this is truly the source of our greatest joy. Our greatest joy is to be able to discover and uncover Torah for ourselves. And even though it is not as pure and clear and absolute as the Torah that we receive through Revelation, it is a Torah that I think he is arguing is actually deeper and more meaningful to us because we have used our own efforts to discover it. And here you have Rav Tzadok turning the hiddenness of Purim on its head, whereas many, even the thinkers that we've looked at, have sort of understood Purim as, in a way, this happy, but also in a way, a an ironically sad time, because we're acknowledging God's absence in the Megillah. God's hiddenness uh, is also a source of sadness to us. Right, the fact that that so much of what happens that the the divine hand is hidden, there is no moment of great revelatory miracle or power that uh, we have to kind of tease it out for ourselves. There's so much human initiative, as everyone points out. Right, God's name isn't mentioned in the Megillah, and whereas most thinkers would see this as almost something to be sad about, here you have Rav Tzadok Hakohen who, of course, influenced the Pachad Yitzchak, Rav Yitzchak Hutner that we learned earlier, he's turning this on its head. He's saying, in reality, the most significant Torah for us is the Torah that we discover for ourselves. The oral law is greater than prophecy because the human involvement in engaging Torah and engaging the world and finding godliness hidden within it that is not only our greatest power, but he even adds on, that gives us our greatest sense of joy and our greatest satisfaction. That God's absenting himself, and here I'm adding my own layer of interpretation, I guess on the one hand is something to 
feel sad about or to miss. But on the other hand, it is God giving us the opportunity to fill the gap. Uh, the divine human partnership, if it's going to succeed, is going to have to include to some extent a divine limitation or withdrawal to make space for us. And this, of course, is a well-known mystical concept, the idea of tzimtzum uh, and God's contraction in Luriana Kabbalah to make space for the world. But here I think you have it being used in, a, in an interesting theological sense that our greatest joy is to be confronted with the not yet understood and not yet revealed and to reveal it and to discover that is when we feel, I would say, most human, most empowered, most significant. And as Rav Sadok is saying, most joyous. He goes on to say that the different mitzvot of Purim, the sharing of food and the helping of the poor and taking care of people, these all speak to the basic human joys and happiness of taking care of our families uh, and taking care of ourselves that we, we, we get tremendous joy when we feel safe and secure and well provided for. So these material elements of Purim, the giving of tzedakah and the giving, the sharing of food and the, the celebrating in a very physical material way, he argues, speaks and addresses to the most basic elements of human happiness. That as human beings, we struggle to be happy unless our basic needs are met. And Purim uh, he argues, is a celebration of meeting our basic needs or helping each other meet our most basic needs precisely because the happiness and uh, inspiration that we feel when we discover that which is hidden, when we find godliness and find new Torah through our own initiative and our own exploration is also an element of basic human happiness and satisfaction. And the Jewish people, in a way, have been blessed with the opportunity of God making space for us and creating this opportunity for us to quite literally create more Torah, right? By making Torah, more Torah Shabal Peh, we end up making more Torah. We become Torah creators, not just Torah receivers. And while, yes, the Torah that we received might have been more pure and more clear, the Torah that we create is deeper and more powerful. And so uh, for Rav Tzadok, Purim is a time to not mourn our limitations of our ability to experience God directly in the world, but to savor and celebrate the opportunity that divine hiddenness has given us to become co-partners in the creation of Torah, of meaning, and of happiness. And I think this is a very powerful, powerful message. Uh, it's not only sort of seeing the upside or the silver lining, but rather truly appreciating how, in a way, it was all building up to this, that the divine plan was always moving in a direction of the Jewish people, uh, as he says, you know, lifting ourselves up from below to reach what is above, that that is part of the divine will. And the chacham, the sage, is greater than the prophet. Uh, and we can all aspire to be sages. So I look forward to sharing more Torah with you next time. Thank you to our Pardes faculty. And a big thanks to you, our learners. Make sure to check back in every day to stay on track with your learning and visit www.pardace.org.il for more information about other ways to learn with Pardace.